Would you pray with me? Almighty God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and redeemer. Amen. Trusting in the provisions of God. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you weren't quite sure how you were going to move forward? I've heard many stories from people when they look back on their life that they're amazed that they made it to where they are today. When they were, for instance, young parents, they may have been short on cash and weren't sure how they were gonna pay their home bills to pay for the, how to feed their family. Yet somehow things worked out and the family made it through that difficult period, eventually finding peace and a, a relatively comfort lifestyle. There are stories of students that I've met who weren't sure how they were gonna make it through school, but they somehow managed to navigate the demands of work, academics, and even sometimes with a family at the same time, eventually achieving their degree. And there's also stories of businesses that nearly collapsed, especially during the pandemic, but they somehow made it through those economic challenges and eventually thrived. When I hear these stories, there's always seems to be some element of surprise that they made it through whatever difficulty they were encountering. There's a recognition that their success could not be fully attributed to their own efforts. And even the support of others that made a significant difference may have had some unexplained elements. There may have been an inexplicable motivation that someone felt to help them out or the resources that they were given may have been stretched further than they thought was possible. In some secular circles, this might just be simply referred to as a, a lucky break or simply a fortunate turn of events. But in communities of faith, we think of this effect as being attributed to the hand of God. In our passage today, we see Jesus clearly relying on God to provide for his needs. Jesus is approaching Jerusalem for the last time, with full knowledge of the series of events that are about to unfold. He knows that he is the anointed one, or the Messiah, one who is about to enter Jerusalem to usher in a new reign of God's kingdom on earth. And it is his reign. He is the king. Now, he's not new. He's been around from the beginning of creation as the Son of God. And God's reign isn't new. I mean, God, of course, has eternally been the giver of life that has enabled our very existence. What's new is the coming crucifixion and resurrection of the fully human and fully divine Christ who makes salvation possible who enables full reconciliation between humanity and divinity so that we might be able to have a new, deeper relationship with God. Jesus knows it, and all of creation knows it. Even the stones would shout out if they could. And now is the time for the grand entry into Jerusalem, when it will be announced to the wider world now this grand entrance of the Messiah was foretold by the prophet Zechariah when he wrote in chapter nine of the prophecy. 
Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem. Lo, your king comes to you. Triumph, triumphant and victorious is he, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. He will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the war horse from Jerusalem, and the battle bow shall be cut off, and he shall command peace to the nations. His dominion shall, dominion shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the end of the earth. Written over 500 years before Christ. Knowing this scripture and the role that he was destined to fulfill, Jesus knew that he was expected to make his grand entrance into Jerusalem on a donkey. But he didn't have one. He had nothing. He had no money. He had no livestock. He had no property. He fully relied on God to provide everything that he needed for his life, as well as his ministry. Whether it was through miraculously stretching the resources that were available to him, as he did when he fed the 4,000 with the seven loaves of bread and the two fish, or through the assistance of others who were inspired to provide for him and his ministry, such as Joanna, the wife of Herod's steward, Chusa, who followed him and procured whatever items that were needed, or through the miracle of God's gracious abundance, such as the time when Jesus sent Peter to catch a fish which had two gold coins in its mouth, which they could use to pay their portion of the taxes. Jesus knew that he could always rely on God. So somehow knowing the circumstances of a cult that would be tied up at a particular location in town, Jesus sent two disciples to bring this cult to him so he could ride it into Jerusalem in fulfillment of Zechariah's prophecy. And Jesus instructed the two disciples to tell whoever confronts them that the Lord needs it and this was all they needed to get the colt and bring it to Jesus for this grand entrance. Again, that which was needed was made available to Jesus so that he could fulfill his calling as the Messiah. He rode the colt into Jerusalem amidst a huge celebration People laid their cloaks on the ground in front of him and shouted, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he in heaven and glory to the highest heaven. Jesus trusted God to provide all that was necessary for him to complete his mission as Christ. And God faithfully gave him everything that he needed to be successful. But what about those of us who haven't had such success in our endeavors? What about the families who lost their home and ended up on the streets? What about the students who had to drop out of school because they couldn't pay tuition or the workload was just too much? What about the businesses that did go bankrupt during the pandemic? Why didn't God provide for them? Were they being punished by God? No, I don't think so. I don't think God works that way. God didn't send Jesus into Jerusalem just by chance, just to see what would happen. No, the Gospel of John tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. 
God doesn't want to see us fail. God wants us to succeed. And as long as we struggle with the challenges on this earth, God will continue to find ways to provide for our success in some form or another. Our initial vision of success may be very different from the situation that we find ourselves in. But persistently seeking God and the fulfillment of God's call allows God to find ways to provide for us. This is true not only for individuals, but it's true for the entire world. The world today struggles with the threat of economic crisis, ecological disaster, and global war. But our story hasn't ended. We still have breath and we continue to work. By persistently struggling for economic justice, environmental restoration, and global peace, God will find a way to provide the means necessary for us to be successful in these goals. But we must do our part. We must remain committed, committed to the teachings of Christ, loving God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and loving our neighbor as ourselves. And we must have faith that God is with us in our struggle. Living with dedication to these teachings will create opportunities that we never have thought would be possible. So as children of God and disciples of Christ, let us carefully consider our personal calling and dedicate our lives to following the teachings of Christ. We can trust that God is with us in our struggles and will faithfully provide for us the means necessary to fulfill that calling which God has put on your heart. Amen.